Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Presented by AfterBuzz TV and hosted by Hall of Fame superstar Sean X-Pac Waltman, this is X-Pac 12360. And now your host, WWE Hall of Fame superstar Sean X-Pac Waltman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Woo! And if you're watching this right now, um, might look a little different because uh, we're in a different studio. So... Um, might have a little bit of a different feel. I don't know. You think that changes how the show feels? It feels more calm with the yeah. blue, I feel. I don't feel like as, like, like you know, I just feel like more soothed. Yeah. It's the bricks, the brick the brick wall. It's, it's <laughs> Yeah. Just getting ready for a fight. This is so, a little bit calmer. Different studio, same building, just like two, two, two doors down. That's all. <laughs> but, yeah, anyways. Um, what's going on today? Besides today is, uh, uh, the Hitman's birthday. Yeah. yeah, there we go. 62 years old. Crazy. crazy. All my friends are old. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. My girlfriend's like, oh, your friends are so old. <laughs> but does so it make young. you feel better, though, like, in a way? For you, at least? That you're, like, the, I guess you can say the younger one? Still, or always you can the be kid. Like... Still the kid? <laughs> yeah, I'm always the kid. So, and that's just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, happy birthday to the Hitman. Did you text uh, him already, or was that that was that was the birthday surprise, or like the birthday like? Happy no, birthday I haven't wish? shot him in text oh. or anything. I'll do that later after the show. So, and um, hey, and just real quick, uh, yesterday was apparently the I thought it was the twenty fourth anniversary of my match <laughs> with Brett, but apparently yesterday was the twenty fifth anniversary. So somewhere along the lines, I lost a year. So, um, yeah. Anybody ever see that match? Yeah, love that match definitely. Yeah. yeah, how did I? I wanted to ask you kind of about the the pacing of that match and that kind of. Um, I think that that match is so kind of brilliantly paced, and there's such a kind of game of of one-upsmanship going on there. Uh, and it really, it definitely seemed like Brett was putting his ass off to to put you over in that match. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, he absolutely. Um, no, Brett. He, um, you know, he got really aggressive with me in there for this sole purpose of making sure the people were behind me. You know, yeah, create uh, that sympathy. Yeah, because you know the people always, you know, people were always solidly behind me back then. But you know, I'd never been up against, you know. I've never been across the ring from Brett. Right. And that's what I was you wondering. Know? I was wondering if that was the first time that that you had really been in that position of like, yeah. all right, let's see if he can hang, you know, in the main event. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Mm. I never really thought of it at, at the time, you know. Uh, but looking back on it, that match really, you know, uh, besides the, you know, the stuff with Razor coming in the door, you sure. know, beating him and then having that $10,000 you know, challenge match when I got back. Um, you know, obviously that was great for me and 
you know, the victories over DiBiase and all that stuff. But uh, no, this was. I needed that. I needed that match. I, I had a little bit, um, you know, after SummerSlam '93, my my push kind of um, came to a little bit of a halt mm. um, due to my own, uh, you know, uh, behavior outside the ring. I, I think. I see. Yeah. I mean, no one ever really tells you, oh, you know, we're punishing you sure. now. You just all of a sudden, you know, you're losing matches. You <laughs> think you're supposed to be winning and, you know, just things like that. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, they. I had a great match with, with Owen. A lot of people talk about it. Um, was that from King of the Ring? King of the Ring 1994. Yeah. yeah. And so that was, King of the Ring is in, you know, mid to late June. Yeah. And uh, usually right around. I think that year was the 19th, June 19th. It's my son's birthday, so okay. I always know. Uh, but and, and so, you know, we had about a month in between that and, and this match with Brett. And so um, we knew a couple weeks out. I remember, like, the TV before that because we would tape, you know, uh, one tape show, one live show. And so a couple weeks, it was at the previous set of TVs. I'm pretty sure it was Pat. Patterson that came up to Brett and you know and told Brett we were having the match and so we had plenty of time to think about it and uh, you know the match was held at this place it was called Fernwood Resort it was like this crazy up in the Pocono Mountains it was this crazy um, yeah it was just like this res- it was a resort like you go to in Cancun or something but it was in the Poconos um, you know they had the crazy like you know, honeymoon suites with the heart-shaped beds and all that. <laughs> you know, hot tub. And I think we dressed in one of those rooms. Actually. In one of the suites, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and um, they came to get us for the match like two or three different times, and um, two or three different times, Brett said we're not ready yet. And so they they shot our match out of sequence and. Um, you know, finally, obviously, eventually we were ready. And it's just we were really putting a lot of thought into that, and uh, and man, he he was he just he really made me in that. Like I was saying, but he uh, yeah, and you can tell even just from from the very beginning, the match starts right out. Yeah. You give him an arm drag, and he's yeah. and even just his facial expressions. Yeah. You know, he's he's telling the whole story there, and um, Jim Ross and Randy Savage just. Crushed it on commentary. Mm-hmm. That actually, that it made it made the match even you know better because I I've watched that match with other voice so like because obviously at one point Randy Savage was like kind of on the outs. Yeah, obviously, and so all anything with his voice on it they vo'd, and so when they when they released this match on something I can't remember what it was. Um, they had a voiceover with Gorilla Monsoon and Stan Lane, and it fucking sucked. <laughs> I was so mad. Stan Lane was making jokes, and you know, right. like you know, we here we are out there doing this match and all serious, and oh, I was so fucking mad when I heard that. Oh, Sean, with the near falls, which near fall did you when you were in the ring? Did you really start feeling the crowd get behind you? Oof. Oh, good question. It was at the. It was in, you know, once I mounted my comeback, there was the, uh, 
you know, he goes to superplex me, and I, you know, I turn it into like a cross body press situation. That was that was good. Uh, actually, any of that stuff, like, oh shit. When I dropped a fucking leg off the top, I mm. think I jackknife power bombed them. I mean, yeah. I just <laughs> yeah, and like I they were see... buying, they were buying the crowd was buying all the near falls, line and sinker. Well, and especially yeah, that superplex spot. I think yeah. that that reminded people a lot of the the yeah. razor. You know, just the fact that it kind of could come out of yeah. anywhere. And so, and um, you know, and, and okay, uh, the uppercut forearms, mm. the European style uppercut. Uh, forearms that are referred to um, as lifters. That's what we call them, lifters. Yeah. Um, and Brett was, Brett was like pretty much the best lifter of anyone that's mm. not from the UK, or he did. Right. Um, and, you know, Brett, if you watch the match when he hits me with those things, it looks like it looks like he's taking my head off. Like, he actually told me no one had ever sold those like that before, but it wasn't hard to sell them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can tell everything is definitely uh, there for sure. Yeah. And, and, uh, and like there, I saw a picture, um, one picture of like after the match was over and Brett's holding his jaw and I did, I clocked him like two or three good times. He, mm. And he's not, when you hit Brett, when you potato Brett, he'll let you know. And he <laughs> let me know. Yeah. He said, those were some of the biggest potatoes I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> so Sean, during this time, you weren't really seeing very many championship matches, main events on Raw. And if Brett was wrestling on the show, it was sort of more of a squash match, right? But now... You know, prior to that, we were mostly seeing Brett wrestle bigger guys. I mean, other than Owen Hart, you were yeah. the other guy that was able to mm. really go toe-to-toe with him. So what was it like wrestling Brett Hart at his peak? I, I, I it was great. Mm. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> it was, um, I wish I would have had more match. That was what we did after, you know, the first time we ever... The first and only time we ever had a match, and that's what came of it. So I can't imagine if if we were ever able to, you know, go out there and really uh, get to know each other in the ring. Sure, what could have happened. So, uh, you no, know, I don't know. He was just. A, it was. It was. He's one of those guys um, that you just. I mean, he's a. The, the the term ring general, you know, um, would have his uh, in in the dictionary would have his picture up by the definition. Uh, well, you could just go out there and just listen to the guy, and you know, I don't know. Was it a situation where you where you guys kind of both came to the table with a lot of ideas? Oh or? yeah, no, I he uh, he said I want you to do all your shit. Nice, yeah. Yeah, and and he let me do it all. Uh, yeah, the uh, the dive to the floor though, he kind of barely caught me on it. And it <laughs> fucked me up. Oh my god, I those are like, rough. <gasps> I could barely breathe outside for a few seconds. But uh, um, no, nah, just I, that's to be. If somebody asked me what's your favorite match, what was your best match? Any of those questions involving you know. The best match, like that's it. That's the that's the one I choose, and and I've had a lot of great ones. I've had, I've been in, you know, worked with Sean, Flair. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone, Scott. Sure. 
different guy and like the best guys of different styles. You know, I work well. Speaking of styles, I work with AJ. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, so I don't know. That's just that, that's the one I always you know point to. Yeah, that was that's my greatest singles match. And it was at the Hall of Fame, correct? When Bret Hart was saying that he wanted to step in the ring with a guy like you, correct? Yeah. How did that feel hearing that he, come out of him? So Bret was the keynote speaker. Oh, this is a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> that was a uh, so um, Bret's the keynote speaker at the Hall of Fame, and you know he's going on and he's talking about you know all the great the greats from the past who we were honoring there, and then you know he looks out into the crowd and and he sees all the. Um, you know the great guys, and you know that are that are the future of the industry, and he singles me out. And this way, we didn't know we were having the match, even. You know, so um, at, yeah. And then he said that about me, and as he's put me over like that, so um, Kurt Hennig and Jack Lanza are, are we're all sitting together, and they're and Jack um, he like he reach he he leans over and he goes. When he's finished, everyone get up and standing ovation. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm all <laughs> excited. And he was finished, and I fucking jumped up, and I'm fucking giving him this standing <laughs> ovation. And I look around, and everyone's still sitting down. No. Yeah. No. It was the funniest fucking thing. You had to be there, but it was so funny. <laughs> so it came across like you were cheering for your yes. mention? Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> did, did, did Brett notice that? I don't know. Did you guys make eye contact? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. So I don't know if you I believe you talked about this on prior shows but I just want to remember exactly so for you what would you say were the differences similarities between wrestling Brett wrestling Owen uh, there was some okay some similarities in that you could just go out there and just wrestle and not have to you know call things they were both kind of ring generals in that oh, sense yeah yeah I mean, but I mean, and it was I could do that too. It was just there was a certain you know way of how you could do things back then, and you know, because like a lot of times um, you would be working with a guy, and you wouldn't even talk to him before the match because they dressed on the other side of the building, right? Like they did in in the Memphis ter- territory, they did that in Nashville. Remember the first? I remember the first time I worked with Brian Christopher. Uh, we had a great fucking match, but we didn't speak one word before the match. It was, you know, we had a finish and that was it. And just went out there and intuitively, like, just had a match. And But, yeah, no, that's what you could do with uh, with uh, with both of those guys, Brett and Owen. And um, so uh, Brett was, okay, Owen was, I think Owen was the better athlete. I think it's safe to say that. And mm-hmm. I could tell, like, being in there with him. You know, he just he moved, you know, and he uh, was, and I think his style was was a little bit closer to yours as well, bit, right? Yeah, and uh, uh, well, my style was a little bit closer to his because I did a lot of uh, emulating of of Owen Hart, sure, coming up in my, you know, when I was coming up. But uh, okay, the main difference, and I'll I'll say this uh, with with respect to oh, I don't want anyone to take. Well, it is the way it is. Fucking when Owen didn't give a fuck. It could be brutal out there with him, like mm-hmm. on purpose. Like he grab your arm and just like do these fucking 
it looked just like this too. He'd be holding your arm. He'd hit be hitting your arm like this, and it'd be like you fucking get like because he just was like checked out sometime. Like, right? Yeah, you know, fuck it. So um, that was what separated those two. If if Owen took it as serious as Brett did, pff, he'd been better than Brett. It's crazy. He would have. We'll definitely have to talk about that King of the Ring match for sure. I absolutely uh, crazy about that match. Do you think? Okay, we can talk about that later. Do you think that well, this match? Today, but, yeah. You know. Do you think this match with Brett helped you solidify yourself in front of the fans? Uh, the fans and and like and my peers, because I remember right after that we were going, we were in the airport. And we just happened to cross paths with all the WCW guys, and they all came up to me and were like, oh, my God, your match with Brett, your match with Brett. Like, Fit Finley, Regal, the guys that, like, if they come up to you and compliment you, like, you must have had a hell of a fucking match. Yeah. Right? It wasn't just lip service. It was like, and that's the greatest thing in the world for somebody like me, you know, to have those kind of, to be praised by your peers. You know, it's great the Obviously, man, you know, we do this for the, you know, to satisfy the fans, but, like, that respect to your peers is huge, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and especially when you're someone like me that, um, you know, I grew up idolizing a lot of these guys that I ended up working with, and then to have them say things, you know, complimentary things about how you... uh you know about your craft, the way uh, you know the way I. Uh... Yeah, ah, whatever. Let's yeah. go. Move on. That's great. Me, me, me. What about me, me, me? Well, that's what we're talking about. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They're on the tin. But yeah, 25 years. Yeah. I think you had everybody I think we questioning just spent their 25 math. 25 minutes talking about that math. <laughs> you, you had me questioning my math, and I'm really bad at math already as Fuck. it is. But I thought, I was like, wait, I was like, what? What year are we in? <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So let's go ahead and move into some news. All right. So last week after our show, I think it was the day after where the news broke, there was an email blast sent out. Um, WWE announced that there would be new executive producers. For Raw, it would be Paul Heyman, and for SmackDown, it would be Eric Bischoff. Now, this obviously had lots of people on Twitter going back and forth talking about this, but I want to know what were your thoughts? Um, I thoughts about the news or thoughts about both the news, who they chose to be in this position, sort of because they're essentially overseeing creative development, yeah. right? So maybe talk a little bit about that. What do you think? Um. I don't know. Happy for Paul and happy for Eric because I really like them both. And there's, you know, there are good reasons for why they, you know, I mean, there's a track record there. Sure. You know, um, Eric's is a little bit different, obviously. You know, Eric wasn't really the creative guy. So I'm, it's, I'm curious to see how this plays out for him or how, you know, how, how SmackDown looks. Um, you know, with him at, at the helm. I mean, we kind of got a little bit a, of a a taste of what Raw is going to look like, you know, with, with with Paul there. And I think it was, you know, so far, I think it was pretty good uh, review on, on, on Raw last night. 
There's you know, definitely everyone's like, oh difference. my God, this is better than it has been in forever, right? Well, one of the key points or biggest topics that people were talking about in regards to this is the difference. It's between Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, whereas yeah. Paul Heyman is known for following the product and, you know, outside of WWE yeah. and knowing what's going on and Eric Bischoff not being that sort of person. So do you think that that might affect that what he's going to, you know, being in that role Absolutely. and not being aware of what's going on outside the company? Absolutely. It's just that, like, okay, so what Eric, um, this is just from my point of view, how I always thought. What Eric was really smart about, what, though, was uh, picking guys that were brilliant at the things that he wasn't. You know, like surrounding himself with, so like Eric, I mean, this, Eric could just find somebody that I don't know. He'd find. Do you know what I'm saying? Would... Sure. He, like Eric knew, like okay, I'm not like genius Booker, so let me get somebody else that is known for he that. Would, he would right? get people to kind of cover his yeah, blind yeah, spots. Yeah, 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 and, and that's good. And on 83 weeks, he usually, usually when you look back at a mid 90s pay per view when the finish wasn't that great or the match wasn't wasn't um, agented as well as he thought, that would usually be what he said. That's like, ah, I delegated that wrong. Uh, that's usually Kevin Sullivan who puts the finishes yep. together. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. I didn't yeah. like the continuity. And I wish, looking back, I wish I had gone back uh-huh. to Kevin Sullivan and told him about that. Like, explained to him the the vision I want. Yeah. Which, and I think his his work at TBS and with Time Warner now correlating as a TV producer to work with Fox, I think makes him perfect for this role. Sure. More so than the creative vision of a TV show. The what does. What does SmackDown Live on Fox, probably on Friday nights, what does that look like versus Raw on Monday nights? And yeah. I think he's the person for that vision. Huh. Do you guys think if, because it seems like they're trying to to make this iteration of SmackDown on Fox more look more like a legitimate sporting program, do you think that he's the, the hiring him in this role will, will be in service of that? We will see. Mm. Uh, like, he hasn't even had a, w- a week on the job yet. So, um, yeah, I have no idea what a SmackDown with, you know, with, with Eric at the helm would look like. On the other hand, I kind of, you kind of have an idea of what a Raw is going to look like, and it kind of, that's what it looked like. Mm. I mean, it was, I mean, I, you could. You could smell, uh, you could smell, you could Paul Heyman scent all over the show last for sure, night, right? Especially yeah. week to week, so, and, I, and we're going to get into Ross. So I don't want to do, it, but like week to week, you see last week Bobby Lashley and Braun yeah. Strowman had a tug of war. Yeah. This week they're going through the <laughs> this week they're going set. through the stage. Right. And I, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if part of that was him already being involved. Interesting to say, well, well, this week let's do some of these ideas mm-hmm. so yeah. that next week when we make this announcement. We can show a market difference. Right. You can really ratchet it up. Eric Bischoff did do in an interview, and in an interview he said that he does realize the magnitude of this job. And then considering that they are making the big move to Fox, it's kind of like he's kind of coming in with more pressure, I think. Yeah. And, you know, some may wonder, like, you know, there was maybe perhaps other people that could have also held this position, you know. So I Surprise, just Vince Russo's not like, hey, what about me, <laughs> right. me, me, what about me, hey, Fox. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm sure if we listen to you saying that, right? <laughs> but overall, do you think it's just going to be a wait and see game then? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, 
I and uh, as far as like as far as Raw last night goes, I was, you know, I was happy with that. Yeah. I, so I mean, I, I mean, first week for Paul seems like a yeah. good one. And then you got to understand they can't just overnight like there has to be a transition, right? You can't just all of a sudden you know halt like storylines and. You well, know, yeah. there has to be it has to be kind of a ease into easing it. into well, it. You know? Also, like Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo tried that on Nitro a long time ago, and it wasn't it wasn't what they thought it would be. We're like, we're just going to come out, and we're going to take all the belts, and we're going right. to crown Jeff Jarrett as the biggest heel, and like reboot. Yeah, yeah, like, we're going to reboot the whole show, and it's like I I don't know if we need that. Like right. I, I like that we went from tug of wars to state to stage destroying, and then yeah. in a, in two months, in two right. months it'll look like a different show. Yeah. But yeah, we'll have plenty to say once we get into yeah. talking about rap proper. Yeah. All right. All right. There's so, so many things to talk about. Like, I don't want to get caught <laughs> yeah. up on one particular okay. thing too much. Mm. All right. Well, let's move on then. Last week we were talking about the whole Twitter feud between Seth Rollins and Will Ospreay, and you know, sort of picking sides. Shots being taken, etc. Well, about a few hours before we started our show, Seth Rollins actually apologized to Will Ospreay on Twitter. He t- apologized, apologized about bringing up the point about comparing bank accounts. And then he went on to say it was dumb of me and not in line with my values. The moment I pressed the send button, I knew it was trash, but I'm too stubborn for my own good. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what... That's one. What something like that is what one would hope, you know. Like after, like you said, you know, a couple of days of sitting on it, and yeah, we get caught up, and it's easy to do that on Twitter. It's the worst, you know. Like it brings it's it brings the worst out in us, right? I'm not going to say us as in everyone, but us, like, yeah. Well, I mean, generally speaking, yeah. us as in humanity, Twitter yeah. doesn't. Twitter doesn't amplify the, our best traits. That yeah. he said that partially because he knew that that tweet would fit kind of the way the discourse the way discourse happens on Twitter, yeah. not necessarily who he is as a yeah. person. So sure. you know, I'm happy to see that. I just hate you know it's um, hey I'm better than you. No, you're not. Well, okay, let okay let's prove it. Okay, um, you know, hey I just had this match. Um, you know, let's see what you got. You know, like back and forth like that. Um, that's good, healthy, uh, you know, shit talking. Competitive, sh- you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, for sure. Shit talking. Um, and that's the kind of shit I want to see. I don't want to see that in turn. Comparing the bank way accounts. Did, you know. Bullshit, yeah. So, yeah. Well, and then, but, but by comparing bank accounts, you're comparing professional philosophy. I'm like, oh well, I, I'm making the most money, so therefore I'm the best. And that's right. A, I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't right. think we need to get into that argument. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm just waiting for Will to like go like full blown heel and go, ah, go fuck yourself. Turn it back around, flip yeah. the script. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think that either way, like it was pretty interesting that Seth Rollins did this because it's not every day, like even like every day in our everyday lives, it's not easy to, to admit, hey, I was being stubborn. I'm not going to change my mind. Like it's hard to admit that. It, it, it is hard, but you know what's even harder is when you do something like that and you have to just keep sitting on it without fucking correcting it or making it right. Mm. When you're a decent human being and you have respect for uh, 
for the other person. Like, because mm-hmm. obviously, like, regardless, come on, uh, there has to be a fuck ton of mutual respect there between those two. So, yeah. I don't think Seth Rollins would have m- mentioned Will Ospreay at all had he not had, had the, enough respect to be where, like, right. Seth Rollins doesn't have a history of, like, blowing up people who don't deserve it. Right. Like, and that's, yeah, we had talked about that a little bit last week. The right. fact that he even engaged with him yeah. is kind of a sign of, of a certain amount of respect. All right. Next. All right. Well, let's go on and talk about AEW's Fighter Fest that happened over this weekend in Daytona. What did you guys think of the show? Um, I liked it. There was... There were things about it. Yeah, you know? I think one one of the things coming coming out of it that a lot of people are talking about is that unprotected chair shot that yes. Cody Rhodes took from Sean yes. Spears. Do you want to talk about I, that? Okay. Um, I wasn't a fan of it. Right. Okay. Well, we don't need that. Uh, that being said, um, fuck. I, like, a lot of people just like to just take anything and blow it up and get out have outrage over it and oh my god the fuck can okay yes <laughs> not good it's okay um I'm pretty sure like getting dropped on your fucking head like you know with the super collider fucking <laughs> yada yada fucking brain buster suplex isn't good on your fucking head either right your brain um yeah, I just think it was a, a lot, a big deal made out of it. Right. I think it was way too big a deal made out of it. Um, it wasn't good. Shouldn't have done it. Okay, yeah. like, like, okay, big, okay. So we'll, they won't do it again. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping is that they they'll they at least know that something like that they don't need mm-hmm. to do often, if yeah. at all. Well, and it was interesting because I mean, what even- do people want? What well, do they want? Also, right. if, if Sean just Spears, everyone to hear them be outraged. I mean, I'm not sure what. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen again. Yeah, and even I, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm not pretty sure, but like I would assume the plan was we want this to really have that much impact. Right. So much so that even heading into this, the plan might have been he's going to take an unprotected chair shot so bad he's going to bleed, and then we're never going to do anything like that for five years. Um, right. That's the value. That, I don't know. I just. Yeah. Shouldn't have done it. Uh, should we be making like just? Should we be just beating a, a fucking dead horse into the ground over it? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to mention was because of this chair shot, Darby Allen was sort of forgotten about. But even though at during like prior to all of that, he was looking pretty good in terms of he was able to go to a draw with Cody. And I thought that in terms of like building somebody up and making them to big like you know to be a star eventually. Yeah, kind of. This kind, was, yeah, exactly. kind of like the way that we were talking with you and Brett. Yeah. So, like, it was going all, like, everything that was planned with Darby there, but the chair shot sort of took away from that, so I kind of just wanted to bring light to the fact that Darby Allen was one of, like, the I don't know. I of the just, show. I, it kind of made the... Yeah, it did take away from the match, and, like, no one's talking about the match now. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Nobody is. Yeah. Uh, the people that are, though, are... there's a, There's been a lot of comparisons talking about Darby Allen being sort of a... This this era's Jeff Hardy. Do you do you have any thoughts? On How that? about he's just this era's fucking Darby <laughs> Allen? I dig that. Oh my god! I'm like, oh, can we just cut it out with the fucking oh, like the the modern day this guy? Like, no, he's fucking Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. I, I I get the I I, I get the temptation to always make comparisons and so and so's the new this or. Uh, 
I mean, okay, they're 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 eccentric, you know, Risk out there <laughs> characters, right? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but no, no, I don't see it other than sure. Both just yeah, nobody else is taking those I, coffin drops on the. <laughs> Well, some of the other people that were considered show standouts were MJF, of course, yeah. a Jungle Boy who's also doing really well. And it's funny because in their uh, in their in their match on Hangman Page, MJF, Jimmy Havoc, and Jungle Jungle Boy, I kind of felt like even though a Hangman Page is supposed to be like the next top star or like one of the top stars, I kind of feel like MJF sort of overshadowed him and is sort of kind of claiming that like spot. Maybe, yeah, and that's fine. That's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that. I'm, like, I, I actually mm-hmm. like the idea that it's not like, oh, this is the person we're planning on, yeah. so this is the person it's got to be. Like, no, MJF is sort of, like, rising, like, even from the, you know, from, from, from the first show that they did. It's sort of been, like, going higher and higher. And then even Jungle Boy was one of those stands out. Like, he's one of those guys that people just like. Yeah, they like him. It's not because he's Luke Perry's son, either. Right. They just like the guy. You know, like, people, a lot of people don't even know... That about him when they see him. He's a good, hardworking kid. Like he has good ideas. He 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 executes his stuff well. Um, good look, you know. Uh, he's not a big kid, but he's in shape. Mm-hmm. And I like the thing with him and uh, him and Lucha. It's like Kanan, my and Kane's. Mm. Oh dynamic. sure, yeah. Yeah, Phil as well. Um, yeah. Moxley also came up looking like a star as well. I mean, yeah. that one he I thought he did was pretty impressive on the show and had that that star persona that you know that you just know. Okay, with, even if you weren't a wrestling fan, let's say you were just hanging out at a friend's house and you're watching, you're like, okay, this guy's a big deal. So I thought that that was a good standout to have during this show. Um, but one of the, th- the things that people weren't too happy about was actually the pre-show. Yes, people were not feeling that one at all. Yeah, it's because of the 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 Jabali thing. Yes. Yeah. That was part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And what else? What else was it? The... Well, people weren't really too happy with like some of the matches. Like what? Well, best friends, private party, SEU. The, the what Levin was Bates the matter thing. with the people private party? Like I thought they did great. I thought that was a great match. Mm. I, of of the three matches, what's the on fucking the... complaint about the private party? Just people weren't. Well, people were just no, like not necessarily like just like specifically with them. Just people weren't too invested into the pre-show and what was happening on the show itself. Oh, okay. So that was more of like the highlight, like as a whole. Do you what mean I'm the saying. people watching at home? Because the people in the building seem to be just fine with it. Yeah, sure. From my point of view, so is that what we're talking about here? Yeah. People online and yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Of the three pre-show matches, I thought the tag match was the strongest, mm-hmm. and and that's taking away nothing from Allie and Leva Bates bell to bell. I just this librarian thing, I'm not a fan. Yeah, no. that one was being no. trashed a lot for yeah, sure. Well, it's not working. Yeah, it's not working, and it's not. I it's just I think it's a bad idea. It's it's not a bad idea. It's good. I mean, it's, it was worth to try. I just don't think it's resonating. And and Leva Bates, I think mm-hmm. that there's a million things she could do. Obviously, because she does do a million yeah, things. Yeah. Well, her and Peter both. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So, um, yeah. No. And if the, the private party. Come on. I love that. Those guys were great. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I thought their match with Chucky and uh, Trent was it was fun. I'm not, I don't understand. What's it? Yeah. Okay. The. Jabaley, the you know the guy from CEO. Yeah, I get it. Like that probably shouldn't have been on there. <laughs> maybe I think it was fine for the the building. Yeah, live, but maybe not 
maybe it shouldn't have been on the broadcast. That's that's fair. I actually because it was fine. Those guys, it wasn't like oh, they went out there and it was an embarrassment. No, those guys went out there and worked hard. Yeah, it was like, solid. And there wasn't, you know, I mean, I they did better than a lot of guys. I'm fucking on shows, but mm-hmm. oh, don't get me started. Like, <laughs> like but yeah, for televised, they would have been the best match on a lot of shows that I've, I've been on. <laughs> Fuck. But like for televised wrestling, it's really pass fail, and they passed. Yeah. So, yeah. So I get why people are mad about that. All right. Well, moving on, let's go ahead and talk about some other news. And it's looking like there might be a new future in store for Impact. And it looks like they are actually in talks with Access TV. Uh, it hasn't been confirmed, but it was reported by Voices of Wrestling, who said that they that there is communication or that they have been communicating. So there might looks like a chance that they might be getting out of Pursuit, which, let's face it, Pursuit is not really the what best home for them. What is Pursuit? Is it, is, isn't it a hunting channel? Yeah, I was going to say, it's oh, like yeah. a hunting channel. Oh, that's right. And then they also have their Twitch deal as well, which, you know, Twitch is growing, growing more and more, obviously. You know, but overall, I think that this would be, if if Impact were to go with Axis, I think this would be a really exciting move for them. Yeah. yeah. And then I heard somewhere that apparently if if they actually get this new home with Axis or even like another another network, they're going to be the show that in their first run has been on more networks than any other televised <laughs> show. So fun fact for Impact, if that wow. were to happen. So I it's guess. pretty interesting, yeah, right? distinction. I guess. I mean, <laughs> the, the thing is, is the company really is... Other than the name Impact, I mean, what, so what's left now. about the company that's even the same? It's very different, and they've be, they've put out they've highlighted certain talent. For example, Alex, they've highlighted certain talent that wasn't highlighted, you know, in other places, or you know, kind of boosted them up. Yeah. And their shows have continuously been good and good, and they've been doing a lot of different stuff and mixing a lot of different styles and bringing in like more lucha guys and influent influent. Uh, sorry, I can't even talk anymore. But they've been influencing like a lot of different styles yes. in their match in their shows, and even their upcoming show, Slammiversary, that's actually being held in. Uh, in Dallas, and if you recall, Mark Cuban owns the Dallas Mavericks, so there's also that connection, so it makes you wonder, like, is something going to be happening maybe after, or is there even a bigger play in this, because there are rumors that there might be something store in store that is bigger than just Impact going to Access. Oh. Okay. Hmm? I, I, I'm hoping for something uh, with that company. You know, I mean, they... It seems like they put out these TVs, but and then I, uh, you know, I've heard like some people weren't happy there, and you know they're being stuck in these contracts that aren't paying anything, mm. and, you know. So hopefully that all changes, you know. Like what's up with Killer Cross? He was asking, I think, for a six-figure contract. That's what happened there, and I know Scarlett Bordeaux has also left already. Um, I believe as of right now, she's still a free agent. She hasn't mm. announced anything. Okay, yeah, because the last time I checked, she was still a free agent. And um, but yeah, no, Killer Cross wants more money, and I think that there is interest for him elsewhere and I other know places. There's interest. I know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there is. <laughs> and so I think he's seeing that and saying like, okay, you know, if you're not going to pay me X amount of money, then yes. I want to go somewhere else. But Impact is saying that he's still. With them, I think for uh, for a longer period. I don't yeah. know if it was like a few years, so, or I'm not too sure on the actual length. Here's the thing: if you're impact and you are able to pay more money, you need to do it because yeah. um, 
you don't want to force somebody to stay in a contract uh, and and be on your roster, be in your locker room that's carrying around resentment uh, because it poisons the the water supply for the rest of the roster and the rest of the locker room, and it's not good. I think the unfortunate thing with Impact is that they do have a lot of talent. They have been putting a lot of great matches, but because of the networks that they have been on, people aren't seeing it. So these guys are going out there. They're putting yeah. top-notch stuff out there, but maybe it's just the word isn't being spread enough, and that's because they're not on a network that can really, you know. And maybe they're, maybe they're just they're really trying to keep something alive. A brand that just has too much of a stink on it that can't be washed off. Um, I don't know. Uh, boy, they're really fond of that fucking Impact brand, aren't they? <laughs> right, and they just because TNA wrestling was, I want to say the bigger, ver- like the bigger version of this on Spike TV. And that's where the stink really comes from. Sure. That if you ask most wrestling fans who aren't familiar with what's happening on Impact week to week, what they remember is Hogan and Bischoff and, like, a lot of stuff they didn't... They heard about it, they watched it, and they didn't like it. So, like, right. I think, brand-wise, that's what they're still dealing with. That, yeah. oh, is that that show? Yeah, and, it's and like, that's so it's unfair. Not... It shouldn't be that way. Like, why are we still judging something off from, like, something that isn't even happening right now Because anymore? they're still trying to the... live off of fucking something They're still that calling it the same thing, yeah. Denise? Like, they're still trying to trace their lineage yeah. back I to just, Hulk Hogan. I just feel that there's probably a lot of people out there that aren't really giving it a full, fair I'm sure. Chance. Oh, sure. That's, Obviously. That's yeah. where As a lot the... of the stigma comes from, because a lot of the dedicated fans that watch Impact and, you know, enjoy the product are some of the ones that have decided to open themselves up to the product. You know, there's a lot of good stuff and a lot of good talent that has been coming out of there. So I just think that, I just think that it's somewhat unfair that we're still, like... I mean, yeah. as, as long as they keep calling it Impact, that's going to keep happening. Like, there's going to be yeah. those people that's like, I tried it, didn't like it, don't need to try it again, despite how good they are now. And despite how long ago that statement was. Right, that right, It's right, like, right. I tried it when it was on Spike TV, and it's like, they've literally had, like, 15 different teams right, since yeah. then. But that logic is, well, if it's still Impact Wrestling, how different can it be, you know? That's, yeah. that's fair logic. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, moving on, let's talk about uh, CM Punk has now countered a counter lawsuit against Cole Cabana. A counter suit, excuse me. And this is in response to the suit that Cole Cabana filed in August of 2018, saying that CM Punk didn't pay for certain legal fees that were supposed to be paid for or that he promised to pay for. And now CM Punk is claiming that he actually dis- did spend $1.2 million and that Cole Cabana never reimbursed him for any of that money and therefore is in breach of contract. So they're both sort of uh, it's like he said, she said sort of thing right now. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, you know, I I should have paid more attention to the to the to the board up there when you wrote all this shit down, Denise, because (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I want to weigh in on this. It's just sad. Yeah, it's a mess. 
Yeah, fuck that. I'm not weighing in on this. Okay. All right. Well, moving on then. Yeah, okay. Moving on. Let's go ahead and talk about, we mentioned this earlier, that we're getting a glimpse of what a new Raw with Paul Heyman being part of the yeah. creative development or being an executive producer of overseeing creative development is looking like. And it's safe to say that there are definitely some changes being made on Raw. So let's go ahead and just start off with the opening segment. Uh, Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, false count anywhere. Braun Strowman running him through the LED board and all the pyro explosions and the huge pop from the audience and even how this was handled via commentary and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, a way to start things off. Oh, God. I can't believe I'm about to say this. With a bang. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> that that feels like Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon working in tandem. Yeah, I mean, like, after weeks and weeks and weeks of, of Raw starting with promo after promo after promo, this is a hell of a way to kick things off. Mm, yeah, and, and so they had a um, they had a they had a nice six man on starting to show off, right? I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, started as a tag, and then they went to break, and then it turned into a six man. Oh, they, okay, went, started as a tag, and then went into break because <laughs> of that fucking well, that no just... wrestling during the fucking breaks shit. Right. Uh, but Sean, oh before God. we move into to that, to that match, though, uh, with Corey Graves saying the holy shit word online, yeah. uh, online, on air, what did you think about that? Since a lot of people were surprised that this was said. It's not wasn't a big deal. Honestly, like, I, I mean, I get it. I get the, like, oh my God, you said holy shit. But, like, people say shit on cable TV now. Right. It's right, right, not right. like, oh, you're not allowed to say mm-hmm. that. I think just you're what, allowed to say that. I think, I think just what a lot of people are talking about is that, like, if there was a clear indicator that, like, this might be the first in yeah. in the quote unquote Haman also, regime. Also, I guess that the one thing that would be kind of surprising is, like, if there's going to be any holy shits, you would think it would be in the third hour. Sure. And not, you know, the top of the first hour. Right. With all the kids watching. Right. <laughs> I don't know what the kids are going to do now after they heard someone say, holy shit. I have a lot of kids in my family, and I know for a fact they are saying worse things than that. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Um, but yeah, so yeah, moving on. You were talking about the six man. Yeah, it was just, a, it was something different. Right? Like, okay, here's a match that we haven't seen 20 fucking thousand times <laughs> right. already in previous weeks. Right. So it just had a different feel to it. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I dig the, the Viking Raiders a lot, and I think they bring something new to, to the table on Raw for sure. And a good mix with Samoa Joe. Yeah, they they of just mix right? very, very, Bunch of very well. Yeah, when I saw yeah. that, I was like, oh, yeah. You're like, this makes sense, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even when they had that exchange with Biggie Langston, I was kind of like, well, with Biggie, I was kind of like, okay, I, I keep, sorry, I keep adding that. <laughs> I have not let it go, apparently. Yeah, okay. watch names, damn it. <laughs> so even, even kind of seeing that exchange, it was just kind of like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and the Street Profits showed up on TV. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. I, thought they, I, I thought that worked how they were. You know, I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm split on it myself. I want to get your thoughts on it, but I obviously I'm excited to see them get called up for sure. Um, I what I'm what I'm less excited about is the fact that that they got called up so fast after winning the NXT tag titles. Would like to see well, and after winning, what what are we doing? Like, I mean, what was that? And and like, because that's the exact same thing. We just trying to get. We just trying to get. uh, Like everyone. Like acquainted with them, or mm. I, just to see where what people. I mean, do just we, to kind of you know 
get a reading of what the people are thinking. I don't know. Sure. Uh, Do we know if that was an official debut or them just turning uh, up? I mean, no. they, like, they, no. they literally said the words making their raw debut, but <sighs> whatever that means, who's to I, say? I would prefer... Hey, the Street Profits are this really big deal down in NXT. We're going to give them this brief interview segment so the main roster can know who they are. Sure. So that when we call them up months from now, people, the main people roster... People don't have no clue, yeah. Which, I think the, the crossover between NXT and the main roster is bigger than most who are making these decisions think it is. Sure. But if that's what you have to do, then no, let's have them on TV so people know who they are. I like that. If they're just on Raw starting next week, it's... It shows a pattern I'm seeing, especially among NXT tag teams, that it's like, who's the champ? Bring them up. Right, right, right. What right. about the championship? I don't know. Right. Drop it. Yeah. Drop it have a tournament. It's like, we just did that. Right, exactly. Okay. So then there was also the Drew McIntyre Undertaker segment. What did you guys think about that? I thought this was a pretty good uh, both promos on behalf of Drew and Undertaker. Yeah, I, I, Taker talked a lot. Usually He talked more than he usually does, and it was good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, usually, like, sometimes it's like, oh, don't let Taker talk too much. But, like, everything he said was good and, you know, um, seemed to get the right responses. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I like that match. I like that Taker and Reigns. I mean, them as a team makes sense. No matter who, you know, who the people on the other side of the ring would be. So, like, I so I get that. You know, um Bring Taker back, get him on TV. Help, maybe the, hopefully it helps with the ratings. Mm. I yeah, know. and I, I like that they're building off of the history of like these last few WrestleManias. You know, the fact that he has this begrudging respect for Roman Reigns because of um, Orlando and his history with Shane and Dallas, things like that. Yeah. All right, so how about we go ahead and skip forward and talk about the whole Becky Seth and the whole Maria and Mike Canella situation. So it sort of started off with a backstage segment where Maria comes out and she basically tells Becky and Seth Rollins that they're the the, the, the couple of wrestling and she puts over Mike Canellis and all of that. And then afterwards, they're in this match, uh, Seth, Becky versus Mike and Maria, and afterwards it sort of just goes into something so different about Ugh. Mike Canellis not being man enough to basically Maria announces that she's pregnant and she really is and um, she basically says that he wasn't man enough to impregnate her and that the only man that was really man enough today was Becky Lynch and maybe Becky Lynch should have impregnated her and it just made Mike Canellis look like very, very small. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was a bummer. Seriously, and, and I, I get, like, I've heard, I don't know if heard, I've, I've read <laughs> that um, it was their idea. Really? Yeah. Or, I, I mean, I've heard versions of this, or read also. But. Like some, like, like I heard, like, one of them where they pitched some kind of a cuck storyline. Uh-huh. She did. I'm like, yeah, what she, the fuck? She did refer to him as her bitch in a backstage promo. I mean, what is, how is this so, like, I, what the fuck, Mike? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense Seriously. for Mike. Like, right. Maria, yeah. she looked fine, alright? She's great on the mic. Yeah. We know that she has a good skill. She plays off a good Dude, heel, etc. But for Mike... I mean, where is this going? To what fucking end? I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. I feel if, like, if there's, like, Okay, if they have an, a, you know, a logical, like if they have a destination they're heading towards, and you know, um, 
okay, and it starts, like, coming together and, like, some sense is made of it, okay, I'll fucking maybe come around to it. But right now I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Especially yeah, after... Like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? After so I, many weeks of him kind of passionately defending the work that he's doing on 205 yeah. Live... Uh, yeah, definitely interested to see where this is going. Who's I? Does it make sense? I hate that. Right? And like, I ma- fucking hate it. And per- hopefully they have a plan moving forward that, because you would think it's an interesting pairing that if Maria's a heel manager and then because of the way she treats him, he's a face. Would be the oh, only, interesting. Would be the only, like, logical thing I see. And that's, that's it. And, like, yeah, but at some point people aren't, like, okay... People feel sorry for you to a point. Yeah, they'll and only have so like, much sympathy. Quit being a fucking bitch. And then if he has this, quit being yeah, like fuck it, like because at some point you're just pathetic. Mm. It's not we feel sorry for you. You're just pathetic. But we have three weeks until we get there, and then if it like let's say within three weeks he just like he has the today's the day I'm breaking yeah. out of this vicious cycle. Oh, by the way, the kid's not mine. It's Cesaro, and then he works with Cesaro. I could see a long-term story where that plays. Sure. This wasn't. This was a bit of a rocky start for me. The, like the, the only like way I would like for this to turn out storyline-wise is for him to kick her the fucking curb. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Or. To and me, that's just storyline-wise. I'm not saying in real life because they're being good sure. people. <laughs> and, and and I'm happy. Like and they they just signed a new contract, so you know obviously you know. Um, that's not mm. the issue here. Sure. So and this she's... is this is how you're rewarded for signing a new fucking contract. <laughs> and it, well, like five years, right? Slice five your year fucking contract? nuts off on live TV. Well, and if she's pregnant, and she'll eventually be off the road in the next couple months. And if he isn't, they they should hopefully be building towards something that that's mm. All right. he can be he can walk out there by himself. Right. Okay. All right, so moving on, one of the other things that we should talk about is Ricochet versus AJ Styles for the U.S. title. And AJ Styles, Gallows, and Anderson essentially laying out Ricochet afterwards. Yep. And I like the stuff, you know, the building up, the backstage segments with them. That, you know. that segment with AJ and Ricochet slapping each other yeah. was an awesome, awesome segment yeah, it was for good. sure. It's all good stuff. Um, and I like, um, okay. Instead of pussyfooting around and like just, uh, I'm kind of just a, you know, like, okay, we got a, a fucking heel AJ Styles, like a legit heel, right? And I'm happy with that. Yeah, and and hopefully yeah. by by proxy it elevates Gallows and Anderson as well. Um, you know how that they they get elevated by it being written into the storyline, like mm-hmm. into the TV, like okay, we're gonna push these guys again, right? That's how they get elevated. Um. Uh, they've all. I think they've always been like. I think they've always been ready for it. Sure. Oh God, yes. So, they've just been like floating around. Yeah, sort they've of just deal. been used like shit. We've had glimpses of them here and there, even prior moments yeah. with AJ throughout throughout since AJ's been there, but nothing really actually came of it. It was kind right. of like a little tease, like it's yeah. there, but we're not doing anything with it yet. Huh. Mm. It's weird how like. Um, what motivates people to go from putting on like Raws that everyone's complaining about to all of a sudden we have a you know last night people are fucking universally praising it yeah so what the fuck like I mean <laughs> why do we have to get to this point for <laughs> this kind of shit to happen right. Ugh. And 
what fascinates me is if they had put on if the announcement hadn't happened last week about Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman, and then they put on this Raw, would we be? Would there be as much sizzle and stake to this Raw that we'd all be like, "Oh, it's the Paul Heyman era. Everything's changed." Right. If we didn't know that that had happened backstage, I think it's the opposite. I think if we didn't know that, people would be talking even more about how different really? it is. I think so for sure. I, because now I think this is giving people idea. a reason to go like, "Oh, well, that's why." I have an idea. What's that? Um, have you ever seen like with network shows where where they'll like do, um, um, they'll just do like a special like okay, unscripted or some weird mm-hmm. where they just kind of like I think they should do an episode of Raw like that like and they and promote it as this Raw unscripted. A whole episode where everyone just kind of goes out there, their matches, they produce their own matches, they fucking, <laughs> they go out there and say what they want to say without being scripted, just give them bullet points, and and watch how many fucking people tune in to see that. Sure. A fuck ton of people will watch that. <laughs> just to see. Like, yeah. Just yeah, so... It sounds cool, that'd too. That'd be fantastic. We painted it on the marquee. Yeah. I was like, Raw yeah! Raw unscripted. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like something you could get over without using TV time, where if just Paul Heyman from his Twitter says, next Monday, this is what I'm doing. Right. And you, know, you never see him on TV other than the advocate for Brock Lesnar, but on Twitter he made it clear, as executive creator, creative person, yeah. this is what we're doing next week. Sure. And, all right. All right, let's yeah. get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, let's do this. All right, so before we go, guys, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, Facebook, at XPOC12360 and XPOC12360Show. On YouTube, we are YouTube.com slash XPOC, and we're about to hit 10,000 subscribers, so that's very exciting. Daily clips, weekly shows, you can find that on there. You can also find us on Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. You guys can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Steve, do you want to start it off? Uh, You guys can find me on Twitter almost Exclusively at Steve Coffin, that is K A U F N A N N. I'm involved in a lot of YouTube pages. If I'm tweeting a link, chances are I'm involved. And Ty? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Ty Matthews PMA. Alright. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everyone. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Sean Waltman, and the entire X Pac 12360 staff, thank you for tuning in to X Pac 12360.